Welcome to week number two in our series called Hashtag Struggles. If you have your Valley Christian Church app, if you go ahead and open that up, uh, you'll be able to follow right along with the outline that we have. How about that introductory bumper? (laughs) People laugh at that because it happens just like that, uh, really, and uh, life is pretty funny. Uh, And so we're going to be talking... uh, specifically in the message this weekend about relationships because social media has had a real impact uh, on relationships and most sociologists would tell you it's not a positive one. Uh, It's not a positive one at all. And so uh, this whole message series uh, based on Craig Groeschel's book called Hashtag Struggles, uh, which is just fantastic, I encourage you to pick up a copy of it. It goes much deeper on these topics than we can in our time together. Uh, but this is not an anti-social media series. That's not what this is about. It's really about leveraging this incredible technology uh, that we have at our disposal, this tool to actually help our life and help really our relationship with God grow as well. That's why, you know, technology is great. That's why we have a a church app like that, and we've heard so much great feedback. In fact, we're on a drive. uh, We'll soon, uh, probably another week or two, break 800 downloads of our church app in a little over two months' time, which is really blowing us away, uh, and we're hearing so much great feedback about it. And so this series called Hashtag Struggles, uh, specifically we're going to talk about relationships and up close and personal uh, in our time together because, you know, there's a real challenge to following Jesus in a selfie-centered world, and, and that's what really this series uh, is all about. Now next week, we're going to talk about relationships a little bit as well. Uh, specifically, we're going to talk about authenticity, authenticity, what you see is what you get because it's so easy to, just like we saw in that little bumper, manipulate the way a picture looks so it looks like you're with a crowd when you're just by yourself, you know, or something like that. Well, there's nothing wrong with being by yourself. It's just when you make it look like you're with a crowd. Something really wrong with that. Uh, so uh, next week we're going to talk about, though, authenticity, what you see is what you get. We're going to talk about, like, deep relationships now, uh, up close and personal. And, and I love the way that we can connect with technology. Uh, my wife Susie and I, if she's not actually here at the office, sometimes she's meeting with folks all over, and, and, and we text all day long. Uh, I, we have a one rule, big rule in our house our kids are not allowed to look at our phones uh, because mom and dad have some hot and spicy romance going on by way of text. And we're like, you'll be embarrassed and you'll wish you didn't do that, uh, you know, if you pick up mom and dad's phone. So uh, that's, that's a big rule in our house. So I love technology, but too much of it will actually hurt our relationships uh, and distract us from really what God intended uh, for our life to be. And so we have to make sure that technology, watch this now, enhances our relationships, not replaces our relationships. And for too many people, technology has actually replaced our relationships. And so we think because of how many followers we have on Twitter, that's how many friends we have. Not at all reality. And so as we start talking about relationships and up close and personal, I want to look at uh, the words of Jesus, John chapter 13, beginning in verse 34. Jesus put it this way, a new command I give you, love one another. Now if we just stop right there, okay, I can kind of define what love really is, but he doesn't stop there. As I have loved you, oh man. Jesus expects from his followers, you and me, 
to love one another with the exact same kind of love, with the exact way that he loved us. A new command, love one another as I have loved you, watch this now, so you must love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if, if you have the right theology. No, it's not what he said. If you attend church every week. No, not what he said. If you have one of those cool Valley Christian Church magnets on the back of your car. No, that's not even it. All those things are great. All those things are really good. But that is not what Jesus said is the most important. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And aren't you glad when God wanted to show us how much he loved us, he didn't send us a text message. He came in person. He came face to face. And Jesus says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Not in a letter, not in an email, not in a post. None of those things replace up close and personal. That's the way Jesus did it. Those things in and of themselves are not bad unless they replace the way Jesus did it. Up close and personal. So how is technology changing our relationships? There's three ways, really, that, that uh, have been identified by, by, again, sociologists and all, and, and it's pretty shocking, and, and that's why I wanted to take the time to talk about it, even in a church gathering like this, because if you're not aware of this, we just kind of go right with it. Three ways that technology has been changing our relationship. Here's the first one. The term friend is actually evolving. The word friend today does not mean what the word friend meant 15 years ago. It's actually being redefined, what the word friend means. Did you know the average Facebook user uh, has 328 friends? 328 friends, average Facebook user. Now, now if, if you're on Facebook and you don't have 320, don't, don't feel bad about that. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I mean, that's what they, just, they call them friends. They're not friends. Half those people you probably haven't even met before. You know, it's someone over from, from Timbuktu that sent you a friend request. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're close now. Uh, anyway, uh, average Facebook user has 328 friends, but the average American only has two close friends. What's wrong with this picture? The term friend is being redefined. Average person in America say, I, I, yeah, I got two. Got two. Two close friends. But Facebook says you have average 328 friends. 25% of the American population, adult population, I, I think it's actually 16 and up, 25% say, I have no friends. Zero. A quarter. You look at four people, one of them would say, I have no friends. But Facebook might tell me, no, you have 328. <laughs> and so here's the thing there's plenty of online activity, but more limited personal intimacy. Can I put it this way? A lot of people know a little bit about us. <laughs> 
but very few people, if any, know a lot about us. And, 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 and it, it's a real struggle. That's why this series, hashtag struggle. The term friend is evolving. Here's the th- second thing about technology and changing relationships. We're becoming addicted to immediate affirmation. Immediate affirmation. Let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about. If you'll just uh, pardon me for just a minute, I'm going to take a selfie. And uh, what I want to do is, uh, there we go. All right, everybody smile there. All right, so there it goes. Ooh, that's pretty good. And uh, so, so I'm, I could post this right now. I could post this right now. And by the end of our time together, I'm going to have some people that are going to like that. And they're like, Greg, dude, I can't believe you're doing this. Man, I like your Euro beard. That's a really good look. You know, and, and like, hey, did you get new glasses? And ooh, that carpeting right down there, that's really hot. And, and all this stuff. And people are going to comment. And you look at that and like, psh, psh, psh. And, and it's like, yes, you get instant affirmation. And here's the thing, it's actually addicting. This is not some sort of like hypothesis. This has been proven out. Instant affirmation, it's actually uh, uh, addicting. Sociologists call this, watch this now, deferred loneliness. Deferred loneliness because we, we see who likes our, our, our uh, status or our picture and we, we, uh, we, we see how many people, you know, put the heart on Twitter and the, uh, with our tweet, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to retweet that tweet that has been retweeted a tweet or time, a time or two. <laughs> and, and we're like, yeah, and, and we get these notifications, like, bing, 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 and like, oh, my gosh, I'm so popular. I'm so wise. <laughs> and it's all like, what it does is for a moment, it makes us feel good, and it's just pushing the loneliness that is the reality in our lives further down the road for like an instant little hit of instant gratification. And sociologists call this deferred loneliness. It meets a short-term need, but deferring a longing for intimacy into the future. And that time does come. It really does. See, here's the thing. If we're living for likes, most of the time we're longing for love. We're living for likes, but what we're really longing for is real love. The instant gratification actually stimulates in our brain a reward center and releases a chemical called dopamine, which is a chemical in our brains that gives us a kind of euphoric feeling. It's like a little rush, actually, and it's the same kind of rush that it forms addictive behavior. And that actually happens in social media as well. And so that's why, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but that's why you may have been like at dinner with someone. Hey, let's get together. Let's go get a bite to eat. Sure. And you're sitting there, and they're going like this. (laughs) Because they're feeding that addiction for instant gratification, and you're not giving them enough at dinner. And this is, not, this is not pastors that are saying this. This is sociologists. We're becoming addicted to immediate affirmation. Oh, look, he liked my status. Oh, look, she didn't. What's wrong with her? Oh, keep that up, sister. You're going to get unfollowed. Unfriend you. <laughs> yeah, it hurts, doesn't it? It's like, whoa. <laughs> 
Fly on the wall, Greg. Where were you last night? Mm-hmm. So we're becoming addicted to immediate gratification and affirmation. Here's the third thing that's changing about relationships. We have the power to do friendship on our own terms. We need to define it. So someone expresses an opinion, oh, I'm just going to drop you as a friend. Someone says something we don't agree with or they didn't compliment us and we thought they would, I'm just dropping you. Or or someone sends us a text message and here's the thing, I'm not going to deal with that until... I get around to it. And so it's always an interruption where we live for the little or the bing or the da-na-na-na, whatever. And it's like an immediate give your attention or I won't because I'm the one who decides what happens. So we have the power to do friendship on our own terms. Like a pic if we want to. Oh, I don't know, that's, that's not worthy of a like. Or on Facebook now, we can even give emotions. Sad. <laughs> your, your status makes me sad. Oh, another kitty picture? That makes me angry. I don't like cats. <laughs> we can give our emotions to, to anything and everything. We have the power to do friendship in our own terms. There was a recent uh, study conducted of young leaders, millennials. They actually said this about using social media, which is pretty enlightening, and a quote, the more that I use social media, the more I crave personal interaction. The more connected I am, yet the more alone I feel. Wow. It's changing our relationships. Completely changing our relationships. Here's the thing I think we need to learn when it comes to relationships up close and personal. As we look at this tool of technology and social media, we need to learn the power of presence. The power of being present. The power of focus. Just just being able to focus. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 25 it says let us think of ways and I had this highlighted the parts that really so it jump off the screen at you the way it jumps off the page at me when I read it let us think of ways to motivate one another watch this now to acts of love and good works see love is a verb love's not a feeling it's an action and relationships need action Not just a a little affirmation, a little heads up, a little like, a little heart, a little frowny face. Relationships are more than that. And let us not neglect, watch what the Bible says, our meeting together like this. Let's not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. We, We need to value being present, value being present, and put a priority on on presence, on presence, being present in the moment. I remember uh, when I was coaching high school football uh, for 12 years, eight years, I I coached under one coach, just a friend of mine actually since the time I was 16, Brian Walsh, And, and, and I remember 
having a conversation with him. He's a great guy, great man, and, and a man of faith, and, uh, and just talking about life stuff. And he taught me an awful lot about leadership. He taught me an awful lot about life. And, and one thing, I, I remember when we were coaching at John Jay afterwards, having a conversation after practice, and when this idea of just being present came up. And he said, you know, Greg, that's a struggle for me. I've learned and I'm growing in of just how to be present in the moment so that the moment has my full attention. Not tomorrow, not three hours from now, but total being present in the moment. And then he said this to me, and this is the kind of guy he is, just challenges you. He said, and if you'll learn to do that, Greg, you'll have a bigger impact on these boys than you ever dreamed possible. And I set out to do it. And, and, and you know what? I saw it really happen. When you just stop and you look someone in the eyes and you're not in a hurry to get to the next place or to get to somewhere else and you're just present instead of being in cyberspace somewhere, just being present and that the person in front of you is the most important person in your world at that moment. That's why we can't neglect meeting together like this. But because there's a different dynamic that takes place when we're present. Now, we've got an app and we want to help people because our lives are crazy. In fact, beginning in May, we're, we're, we're launching an online campus where they will actually have anywhere you are in the world where you can actually have our church, Valley Christian Church service right there with a pastor on the other side interacting and praying with you. So when you're on vacation, dial us up at Disney World. Actually, nobody dials up anymore, do they? No, <laughs> just, uh, just open your laptop right there. Uh, and, and, and because we have people that travel all over and all that stuff, but understand this, all those things are tools that supplement. Don't allow them to take the place of or replace being present. Because Jesus said it this way, Matthew 18 is pretty interesting. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now there, there's an interesting context of that and I'm, I'm not gonna go really into that right now. But, but Jesus made it real clear. Two or three are gathered in my name. There, two or three people are gathered for the express purpose of focusing their attention on me. I'm there. You don't have to work me up. You don't have to coax me. You don't have to invite me. You don't have to woo me. I'm there. And he's here right now. And he's here in a very different way. His presence than if you're just sitting behind your laptop, just you by yourself. And so we need to understand the power of presence. Who is Jesus? One of the names of Jesus that is given in the Old Testament is Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. He's with us. He's present. When, when God wanted to show us how much he loved us, he didn't shout from heaven, he showed us on earth. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter one. He's present with us. And so let's get really, really practical, okay? I wanna just give you some points. You can take it or leave it, but, but just, just really, really practical with this whole idea of up close and personal when it comes to our relationship already been talking about it. First thing is this, be present. 
Just, just, just begin to be present. And, and I think just even by hearing this message, chances are next time you're with someone, there's a conversation going on, and you find yourself just woo, floating away with the phone in your hand, with your thumbs. I, I believe God's just going to go, psst, be present. Be present. Because here's something I've learned. Man, I, I'm on social media. I get into all that and, and, and all that. But nothing really imp- more important happens on that than, than what's happening right in front of me. Can't let it replace. Be present. And, and so I think it's important that you know, we actually just make that commitment. I will love people face to face, not thumbs to thumbs. I will love people face to face, not thumbs to thumbs. Will you say it with me, church? I will love, I'm not kidding, I'm not kidding. Because you need to hear yourself say it. I will love people. Okay, this group over here, outstanding job. Let's get everybody together now. I will love people face to face, not thumbs to thumbs. Now, if you're married belly button to belly button, but that's a whole nother story, and that's not for this series. We did a series about that called uh, From This Day Forward. You'll have to check that one out, but not thumbs to thumbs, face to face. I'll love each other face to face. Boy, I just, I, I, I can't help but think about my mother. My mom was a master at that. The most important person on the planet was the one that was right in front of her. And you know what, when, when my mom passed away and I did her funeral in Georgia and it happened there and then we came up here and did a memorial service for her, so many people came up and under their breath they'd say to me, you know I was your mother's favorite. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know, I know. But I was her favorite son. <laughs> and my siblings all say, no, no, I was mom's favorite. But, but she was just a master just being present. Being present. Practice presence. Romans chapter 12, look at what the Bible says. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Really love them. Love each other with genuine affection. Now affection, you can't be affectionate with your thumbs on your phone. Take delight in honoring each other. When God's people are in need, be ready to give them a like. <laughs> when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. That's what love is. Be ready to help them. Be there for them. When a friend's hurting, how, how do you communicate to them that you love them when they're going through a tough time. I, I mean, I think it's acceptable, you know, to text, you know, hey man, thinking about you. No, don't do that. What does that even mean? Oh wow, that felt so good. I was just thinking about my wife for a minute. I mean, what does that mean? Think about it. Pray. How about this? More than, more than you know what's better than praying for someone? Praying with them. Big difference. Praying for, and sometimes because of proximity, that's all you can do, but pray with them. Pray with them. The power of presence. You know, I, there was a time 
Those early, those first 10 years, I, I faced some extreme discouragement as a pastor, and, uh, and I, was, I was ready to quit. And I, I remember this, I'll never forget this. It's probably about 2003. My wife called one of my friends. And she made one phone call and she said, Greg needs you, he's going under. And within 15 minutes, I'm sitting at the kitchen table and the doorbell rang. And Susie said, I think you ought to get that. And I walked up and I opened the door and there were 20 people on my front steps. And they said, we're not gonna let this happen. We're not going to let you do this. We're with you no matter what. And they said, now you go inside, we're coming in. And I sat down on my couch, Susie and I crying our eyes out, and they prayed with us. Not for us at a distance. Valley family, I'll tell you, I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for those friends. Be ready to help them. But when someone's in need, really, really love them. Whether it's over lunch or a cup of coffee. We, we, we need each other, relationships are so important and we can't allow this to replace relationships. This can enhance it. But we need face to face to be present. You know, maybe you're here right now and you're kind of in a spiritual rut. And you're wondering, what's gonna jump start my spiritual life, my spiritual growth? This is the reason why we have small groups at Valley Christian Church that are so important. It's a time when we can sit in circles face to face and be present with one another and be real with one another. We have short-term groups that are sign up right now. You can see all this on the app and on our website. And we also have growth track, which is four consecutive meetings that you go to on a Sunday, on a Thursday night, during our service, and that begins you kind of on that spiritual plane to get some traction because relationships are so very, very important. And, and you know what we do so many times when we're going through a struggle? We do the worst thing, we pull back from people. Makes no sense. It's what I call making a bad play worse. We pull back from people. And so being in a small group, yeah, you know what, it's gonna be messy. <laughs> it's gonna be messy, you can, you can isolate, you can insulate yourselves from everybody else Never get hurt, never, never have awkward moments. You could do that. And you know what? Something's going to die inside here. We've got to learn to be present. Here's the second thing. No real <laughs> complicated outline here today. We need to be engaged. We need to engage with people. Connect with people. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says, most important of all, continue to show deep, excuse me, deep love for each other. 
show deep love for each other. We need to continue to do that. Connect in a deep way. Listen, parents, moms, dads, your kids are begging for you to shut the computer, to, to give them some attention, to just stop looking at the screen and, and give, them their, give them your undivided attention. Our youngest daughter is going to be graduating in about five weeks from high school. In August, we're going to drop all three of our kids off at college and come home to an empty nest. I just don't think, having done that twice already, that when I walk into that house, just Susan me, I don't think the first thought in my mind is going to be, boy, why don't you check your news feed on Facebook and see what everyone's up to? I think it's going to be, boy, I wish I had one of my girls with me right now. Did, did, did I give her all the attention she needed? Was I the father that she needed? And here's the thing, we don't get do-overs in this life. Everything has its place, but too much of anything's not a good thing. Most important of all, continue to show deep love. Show deep love. Not, 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 he's not just talking physically here with a, with a hug or, or something like that. He's talking emotionally. He's talking about being fully engaged. That's what deep love is. We've all seen this before, haven't we? <laughs> at a restaurant, you see a family of four or five at a restaurant out to eat, everybody's on their phone. It's like, why did you bother? You don't even remember what you ate. Why are you even here? Just, just make a couple house rules, you know? All telephones off during dinner. That's what we do. If it's an emergency, they'll get a hold of me. But there's nothing emergency on social media. Just, just got to make some rules. Uh, can you imagine? <laughs> hey, uh, you know, uh, Greg, can you... Uh, can you meet me for lunch? You know, I'd like to have a cup of coffee with you. All right. And, and while we're sitting there, all of a sudden, I pull out a novel and start, hold on just a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, man, I love this author. That's great. Yeah, what were you saying? You'd be like, what is the matter with you? You're nuts. You are so rude. But, but we do that with this all the time. All the time. And I, one of our friends, when, when uh, I've, I've been on Facebook a long time, I think really early, like 2007 or something like that, 2008. And, and I remember before it got really big and crazy, I was on there and, uh, and I was at a friend's house. They invited us over to our house for dinner. I was sitting there and I had my phone and I forgot what kind it was. it was. It was really cool. It was like this huge or something and big, huge <laughs> cell phone. And I'm like looking at it. And, and I remember, I remember uh, the woman of the house said, what are you doing? I said, oh, there's this thing called Facebook. And I said, like, these are, I've, I've run friends from high school and everything. And, and, and she's just kind of real direct. And she said, well, I hope you enjoy your cyber friends while your real friends are sitting here. And I was like. <laughs> what, what were you saying? <laughs> and that just kind of stuck with me, you know. Really did. 
I had to learn that lesson the hard way. Do, do you know that there's actually a, a new word that's hit in the dictionary, FOMO? New word, F-O-M-O, FOMO, fear of missing out. That that's what the anxiety that we feel, like when we're sitting there at a meal and all of a sudden FOMO hits us. What am I missing? What am I missing? Oh God, I have to. It's FOMO, fear of missing. What am I missing? What am I missing? Listen, let me put it this way. At the end of your life, it won't be about likes that you got, but about love that you showed. At the end of your life, it won't be about the likes that you got, but it'll be about the love that you showed. That's what really matters. That's what relationships are really all about. And so we've got to learn to just put the phones down at dinner. Put the phones down at community group. Turn the buzzer off, the, the ringer off. No phones in bed, for goodness sakes. Listen, if you're, if you're lying in bed and texting your wife lying right next to you, <laughs> wondering if she's in the mood or not, brother, you got a problem. Hashtag headache. <laughs> you, you've got a problem with your relationship. See, 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, put it this way. Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. By our actions. Love is a verb. It takes action. It takes commitment to have a real friend. That you're there for them. When the rubber meets the road, when the, when the storm clouds gather and the lightning is striking, you're not in this alone. You're not in this alone. So, so don't just say that you'll pray for someone. Actually do it. I, I remember when that just struck me one time as a young pastor and I said to someone, I'll pray for you. And then I walked away and, and I felt like the Lord said, did you really mean that? Or are you just saying it? I don't say it anymore unless I do it. And I stop what I'm doing and I do it. When I text someone, I'm praying for you, I'm, I stop and pray for them right there. But again, you know what's better than praying for someone? Praying with them. <laughs> praying with them. Don't just like something, do something. Do something. It's amazing when you look at the New Testament and you read what happened there. They, they had so much love in action that the Bible says not one person was in need in the church. And as much as, as, as the Roman Empire persecuted the church, they could not deny their love for one another. That, that when one was in trouble, that they would give what they had in order to provide for another one who was in need. It's almost like they said, I I'm not sure if I believe what it is that those Christians believe, but you know what? I want what they've got because they've got real love, and I can see it. That's what Jesus was talking about. 
That's what he meant. Back here again, let's look at it. As we conclude, John chapter 13, Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, love one another, action. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And I believe that's what, the, that's what God wants us to be in our community. And listen, I may not believe everything you believe at Valley Christian Church, but you know what? I want what you've got because I see how you have genuine, real love and concern for one another. And so I'm gonna ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, first of all, I, I just wanna thank you. Thank you, Lord, that when you wanted to show us your love, you didn't send a message You didn't send a letter. You sent your son. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And Father, if we're gonna do relationships right the way you want us to, Father, we just ask for wisdom when it comes to technology and and social media. God, that we would use these things to enhance our relationships, but never, ever, ever to replace our relationships. Father, we need the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be present, to be engaged, to to really connect up close and personal with the people that you bring into our lives and across our path every day. Sensitize us by your Holy Spirit that we would become more aware of the person who's right in front of us and less aware of what's happening somewhere through technology on our phones. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.